into the karma of it all. I am your host, Miss Complexity, and today we have a guest who is going to talk to us about the importance of intuition and guidance after grief. And wanna travel the world, but for now I'm cruising my city. If you wanna be down with me, then right now fuck with me. We have a wonderful N Hawkins. How are you doing? And I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thanks, Karma. I'm very well, thank you. So tell us how you came upon your situation. Like before you before you knew about your intuition and all this good stuff. How did you come upon this situation? Yeah, 2005, my dad passed away. And it was a moment for me of realization that listen to all these wonderful things people are saying about him. And I felt very inadequate with what I'd done with my life to that point. And I spent the next six years wanting to change, wanting to be better, but not knowing how. And once I got my first coach about 2011, um, for those who like numerology, the, the email that I got sent that led me to that coach arrived on November 11, 2011, which was pretty cool. It led me on a path of healing around not just my dad's passing, but also everything related to that. All of my feelings of, yeah, like that word I used before, inadequacy of the disconnection with him, but mostly the disconnection with myself and just how far away I'd gone from who I really was. And so that started me on a path of just trying to improve myself as much as I could. And, of, and as everyone who's listening knows, when you, when you try to improve yourself, you inevitably go on a healing journey as well. So how did, what did you have to endure? Like when you actually decided that you were going to take that leap to um, do better for yourself, what obstacles became a problem for you, but you actually overcame them? So what were the ones yep. that was hectic for you, the worst ones? Well, the worst one I mentioned already is I, I didn't know how to change. I had no structure. I had no confidence. And I just didn't really know where to get started and and. There's sort of things that you rely on when you're younger from from parents and, and teachers and so on. And, and I'd gone through 20 years of my adult life without having mentors and without having people building me up. And so I was kind of drifting in my life. And how I overcame that was when we had the financial crisis in around 2008, like worldwide financial crisis, that was a moment of me realizing that there was people couldn't retire from their jobs because their their retirement funds had crashed, and so that was a real motivator for me. Is like I need to actually take care of my financial future, and that really kicked me into life. And so my initial learning came from a pursuit of financial freedom, of building wealth. And you start learning a lot of success principles. And so how, how I overcame that was my very first coach. Two things really stick out. One was 
for the first time I had a really clear vision of my life. So one of the first tasks was getting ultra clear on the most important areas of life, putting myself at the top of that, so prioritising myself. So as a people pleaser, I'd never done that. And then writing as much detail, and it's, I've still got the workbook there. It's quite a full workbook of as much detail I could write about how I wanted my future to be. And then the other pivotal moment was he encouraged me to write letters of forgiveness to all the people that I, that I felt had wronged me in my life, not for them but for me, not letters I would ever send them but so I could get it out of my head and my heart. And I was writing these, these small little letters for all these people and then when I was writing the letter to my dad, I was about two and a half pages deep into this letter crying my eyes out realising that maybe there's some uh, issues there that needed to be overcome. So that was my first real example of healing and that propelled me to wanting to to learn more about how I can make my vision a reality and then how I can continue to heal. Wow. So it took you to go through that in order to really realize, you know, this is really what you want to do to help others as well as yourself, right? Yeah. So what is it that you do um, to help others now? So I help them with the same things I just talked about then. I help them to, to get the confidence. I help them when they're stuck and they want to change, but they can't. So I help them to be able to get that clear vision for the future. I help them get the confidence, the drive, the motivation to be able to make it happen. And then importantly, to be able to then release whatever anchors is holding them back from being able to make it happen. Because as anyone knows who's ever tried to accomplish anything that they know they really want to do, but for years they just never seem to have got over the, the hurdle to make it happen, you, you realise that there's something there that's keeping you stuck. And, and so I've, for the last 12 years, I've been learning all I can about helping people to get unstuck. So I've learnt different tools and techniques and modalities, but then I've also created my own versions to help people move past things as quickly and and importantly as blissfully as possible because sometimes healing does involve tears and and it can be quite challenging but uh, it also doesn't have to be like that it can be much more uh yeah much more beautiful experience finally decided to go on that healing soul journey wonderful connect with your tribe the others who are healing get more information get more techniques find the people who've been through it just like you who are ready to heal join the healing souls membership at www.complexityonline.com we're waiting for you if someone, you know, was in a situation such as yours, like, what is, what is the first step that I would want to take in trying to manifest what I want, what my thoughts is, after, you know, experiencing the grief? What is the first thing that I need to do? The first thing is, is getting clarity. So often when we experience grief, we then 
there's almost part of us that feels uncomfortable having joy again. Like, when is it okay for me to be happy again? When is it okay for me to get past this? And there's no right or wrong answer to that. But at some point, it's okay for you to get clear on all of the good stuff that you want in your life, despite the pain that you've experienced. So the first step is to get really clear on what it is that you want, what's the actual goal, and then what's stopping you from making it happen. And you may not know the exact information on what's stopping you, but you'll know that something specifically is not working. And when you can identify what's not working and know where you want to go, then there's lots of different options for making it happen. And the fastest way is to get someone in your corner who's going to help you. And if you're not ready for that, then having your own personal journal to record the details of what you want, record anything that comes up for you, ask any questions. The, the unconscious mind is such a powerful tool. And by using a personal journal, you can tap into that unconscious. You can give that unconscious part of your brain that filters out all the stuff that's not important. You can give it a really clear focus. And by asking questions, your unconscious mind will set about answering that question. And it will seek out the answers to that question without you even realizing, and you'll start to be presented with different ideas. There's, there's something so powerful about the written word. And so I'm a big fan and big supporter and big, yeah, I'm a big driver of having your own personal journal to help with your, not just recovery, but then really stepping into that place of thriving. When we go through grief, and I know that people heal um, differently from, yeah. you know, things, is this might be a personal question because I know that um, a lot of men, they feel that they're not supposed to, the word I'm going to use, is shed a tear, cry. They're not supposed to. They have to stay strong. They can't be people see them break down. But yeah. I know that crying is actually cleansing. Okay. Yeah. And getting all of that backed up, pent up pain out. Even if you have to go in, in, you know, off to yourself to cry. Yeah. My question is, is it okay? I want, I want this to be like, is it okay from a man's point of view? Okay. Is it okay to cry? You know, get it out. Yeah. And why is it okay to cry for, for a man to cry and get it out? Not only okay, it's essential. Most men experience this. We, got, we grew up hearing messages like, don't be upset, don't be soft, don't be weak, don't be a girl, be a man, be tough, be strong. At a time when we were feeling emotions like sadness, like anger, like frustration, whatever it is. So we learned from a very young age to suppress our emotions. And so when we get to adult years and yet we're still feeling things like sadness, we still have different frustrations. We suppress them further. We push them down and then it manifests into other things like 
more anger, more aggression, uh, injury, illness, relationship breakdowns. So yes, it's in, yes, it's okay. Yes, it's very important. And yes, it's going to be the best thing for your health in the long run. And if you're someone that you're, you're listening to this thinking, well, yeah, but I, I just don't know how to cry. It's, that's okay. It's like just identifying at times when you are feeling a certain emotion and recognizing it because the, the time will come. And probably the, again, it comes back to finding a, a trusted person that you can open up to, whether it's someone close to you. Generally, I find with men, they prefer not to talk to someone very close to them because they fear of judgment, but actually finding someone that's far enough removed from your day-to-day life, but that you still trust. So it could be a, a mentor that lives out of town. It could be, it could be someone that you that you know of or you get recommended to a therapist, a coach, whoever it is. So you can externalize the different. Well, I call it some crazy thoughts because sometimes that's what it feels like. We have these thoughts that don't make any sense to us, and this is true for women as well, but more prevalent in men because of the um, the higher level of suppressing these emotions. So. Yeah, finding a safe place where you can externalize is going to help you to start being able to unlock those emotions. Yes. Um, I know my father, he, uh, I don't know, but I don't know how we even got into this situation. And we were talking one day and he was kind of upset at someone who told him that I'm not ever going to cry, you know. And but instead of this person actually releasing because his mother passed away, releasing and crying, hmm. he built up this anger because yeah. he held it in so much. Yeah. And that anger is you can see it when he walks. He's not happy about nothing. Yeah. Anymore, you yeah. know. And I, 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 I'm, I think about this movie. Um, the best man part two when his wife passes and he stood strong all the way even through the funeral and everything it was wasn't until everybody was walking everybody was walking into the car I'm sorry I'm, I'm feeling the impact thing everybody yeah. was walking to the car and you know getting in their cars he was standing there still trying to still trying to stand strong yeah. and he couldn't he could not. He broke down. Yeah. And that's what happens when you hold it in so long, trying to be so strong. And it's not fair, not to you, not to anyone. You have to let it out. You have to. So you can move forward. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I, I, I think about that, that every time when Somebody says a man's not supposed to cry. My father said, you better let it out. Because if you don't let it out that way, you're going to let it out another way. And that way can end your tail in jail. And that's not where you want to be. He's a wise man, your dad. Well, (laughs) oh my God, that sounded like him. (laughs) (laughs) That was his laugh. But yeah, um, he does give very good points. I would love to have him on a show, but... Yeah, we're not talking right now. Anyway, um, so what else do you have to share with us? I, I really, I'm sorry that I broke down, but I really, 
You don't, um, that's the thing. That's the thing, Karma. You don't have to apologize. It's completely healthy and normal, right? Just like we were talking about. Right. That is it. So um, we're going to talk more about the uh, intuition and guidance after grief. Okay. So one of the things that um, when you experience grief, a common reaction is to talk to that person that's passed. I know I did it the first night after my dad died. I, I was having conversations with him. It was just a way for us to process and try and make sense of it. Of it. And um, and then a few years down the track, if you say to people, oh well, in those early days, if you say you you were talking to the, to someone who's recently passed, people understand that, and they 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 agree. And then if you said it to them a year or two or three down the track, they think you're crazy, right? Why are you talking to dead people? But it's um it's not uh it's not to say that that that's where intuition and guidance comes from, but it's that same way of thinking. Now, whether you come from a religious background or a spiritual background or however you look at it, there is an intuitive part of us where we, an innate part of us that knows, the gut feeling, the, uh, the instincts that sometimes we just know the right way to react. We can't explain why. Now, after we experience grief, we, we close down some of that uh, intuition because we start not trusting ourselves as much as we did before. Like part of the grieving process is that we go through all of those steps, include, including guilt and shame and anger and denial and all these different emotions. And so we start, we, we trust ourselves less than we did before because we've been probably talking to ourselves in a way that's not as uh, helpful or as nice as, as we should. When you can start to tune into that intuitive part of you to the that that it's that unconscious part of your brain again and from a spiritual perspective it's if you re relate to a higher power it's like it's conversations with god like messages will come life will show you messages some people get them in spoken words some people see visions but mostly for for most of us, we life shows us the contrast. And when we can trust our intuition, when we can trust our gut feel on things, trust ourselves to act on that, then we're going to be able to move forward much faster. What generally happens is we have a gut feel, we have an instinctive reaction, and then in our head we decide what the outcome should be. But there's a greater plan for our intuition. It's not always taking us directly to what we think we want. Sometimes intuition takes us around an obstacle. And it might take three or four or five moments of intuition to get around whatever that obstacle was that previously we would have faced. So it's trusting each step, knowing that we won't always land exactly where we think we should but the more you can trust it, the, the more you'll be able to move past those things. So an example of that was when I had a, uh, a new coach and, and uh, she was running an event in Bali. And Bali's a very spiritual place and, and is a very healing place. And 
part of me just knew I had to go on this retreat and it was quite expensive and it was, yeah, I, I had wrestled with it a lot, but there was part of me that just knew I had to be there and, and, and I was thankful that I did because it was the most profound experience where I was able to let go of so much pain around my dad. I, I met some amazing uh, healers and um, facilitators that took me through a number of different processes. I went to the, to the um, different places in Bali where you can literally feel the energy. People can feel their legs shaking. You can... Um, it's hard to explain unless you've been there, but anyone that's had any sort of moment that doesn't make sense from a logical perspective will resonate, right? And the more we can trust what comes through, the more we can be open to what might be beyond what our logical brain is telling us, then the more we can open ourselves up for feeling better ultimately and getting more out of our life. Have you saved your seat? We're entering into a new moon phase, and this phase is going to bring us to learning the new moon rituals, where we're going to find out and try to understand moon rituals, moon phases, how to create our own rituals, the elaborate tools that are used to create our rituals, and we're going to enter into moon manifestations. So if you're ready to enter into this wonderful, mysterious world, then please, RSVP your seat. Time is limited and so are the seats. So please visit the website www miscomplexityllc.com It is free only for those who sign up. No one else will be able to enter into this elaborate, mysterious world. So if you're ready, be sure to join us. You can find the information in the show notes below. See you there. What are some of the techniques like? What are some techniques, just a few, that we would want to try to utilize after um, we've actually come to grips with everything, we shared our kids, we cleanse, and all this good stuff? Yep. To keep yourself uplifted, what are some of the things that we could do? So I mentioned journaling. I mentioned having someone that you can confide in. The other big one for me was meditation. And it's, yeah, it's saved my life in so many ways. I, I had I had so much inner anger. I had so much self-doubt. I had a lot of physical pain, uh, mental anguish, emotional turmoil spiritual confusion, all of those things. And meditation helped me to start becoming more balanced 
to be more focused, to be less angry. So I used to get really quite angry, particularly after my dad passed away. And I take that out in my children and my wife uh, when I was playing sport. And meditation helped me to be calm. And it helped me to tap into more of that intuition and the, and the guidance that comes through from our unconscious when we're ready to hear it. And again, if you're spiritual from whether you believe it's the universe or you believe in the concept of God, you will get messages that only you will understand and it will be so clear and you'll wonder how on earth you could have got information like that through and you'll act on it and you'll go, wow, like there's something else going on here beyond what I can logically understand. And on, yeah, like I said, on so many level, levels, meditation will help. It's for some people, they can be a bit fearful of it or they say they can't do it. And I would say it's called a meditation practice for a reason. When you learn to walk, your parents don't expect you to, to get it right the first time. But they encourage you, they laugh with you, they smile, they really, you know, come on, yeah, you did it, like all those really encouraging words. And it's treating yourself the same way when you're learning to meditate. It takes time to improve. And with anything that we do in life, it takes a long time to master. And often people get into these new sort of processes and they and they want to be the master straight away. And it's remembering that everything that you've ever done in your life took steps. You were a beginner in everything to start off with. Find different people you can learn off. Um, I've got some medita meditation training that that could be beneficial if that's something you're interested in and and just finding ways to, to be able to do it. There's lots of good reading out there. There's lots of stuff on things like YouTube. There's so many different meditation apps. And like I said, again, it's such an important part of my life now to, to help me keep me to keep me calm, to keep me grounded and and to um, yeah, give me focus and clarity. Yeah, meditation is a very strong tool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what's next for Ian Hawkins? Well, I'm actually go going through a little bit of a uh, branding shift at the moment. Well, while I do work a lot with people who have experienced grief, it's only one of the things that I do. So what I've realised, I did a fair bit of market research with uh, clients, uh, friends, people that I trust. And they all said the same thing, which is I do far more than like grief. What I work, the work I do with grief doesn't really cover the, the full spectrum of what I do. So what I've realized is mostly for me, like I mentioned at the start, I just wanted to get better. I wanted to improve. And so that's been my journey of, it's been a journey of self mastery of, unleashing my infinite potential and, and now that's what I want to help other people do too. So building more structures, structures, processes, tools to help people with their own self-mastery, with their own self-improvement, to be the best version of, of them that they can be. Because when you have that singular personal focus, you become a better partner, a better parent, a better child, a better friend, better work colleague. You become better in all these different areas by focusing on yourself. 
too much too much uh, in life. People want to make it about the other person. What are you doing for me? What are you doing wrong? Blame, pointing the finger, all those different things. The more each and every one of us can come back to self and look at, well, what can I take responsibility for here? What can I do differently? So that's a message I really want to share. It's something I learned from the great Les Brown, from the great Jim Rohn, hearing them talk about self-responsibility. It used to make me cringe because I would think, yeah, but all these other people have done these things that have wronged me. But what I learned from both of them was when you take responsibility, you get your control back. You control your destiny. If you're forever putting blame on other people, then you'll forever be having the responsibility in their hands. Now, now I know that I, I want the responsibility for my life to be in my hands. So taking responsibility for every part of my life and how can I improve it? And of course, like I said, that's when all those external things improve as well. Yeah, it started getting better for you. I see you learned how to take responsibility. Yeah, that's what happens, right? Yeah, it's challenging, but it's but it's uh, but it's so freeing. I don't think anything that we have to go through is going to be just simple and easy, and we get there. No, anything that you work hard at is worth the challenge. Absolutely. So I do appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your thoughts and thank you for um, consoling me. I, I mean, I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're How welcome. Our audience get in touch with you. So my website's ianhawkinscoaching.com. Um, on Facebook, on Instagram and LinkedIn, I'm, I'm also my handle is Ian Hawkins Coaching. You can find me there. And um, I've also... Well, I currently have a podcast, The Grief Code. You can hear more there, but I'm actually winding that podcast up uh, and and I will be launching a new podcast in about a month and it will be called Self Mastery and it will be all about unleashing your infinite potential. So if you want to, if you're a podcast listener, go on and find The Grief Code and I'll make sure I leave all the information there about how you can find the new podcast as well. Wonderful. You can also find all of his information in the, the show notes below. Okay, guys. Wherever I post this at, you can see it. Just click on his link and get in touch with him. Thank you, Ann, so much for being here with us today. I truly appreciate you and everyone else who joined us today to listen to the podcast episode today. I truly appreciate you guys. And that is about all I have for this week. Next week, I don't know what we're doing. I keep everything a surprise. I know how I do. So make sure you guys join us again next week. And I truly appreciate you being here. You're welcome. And as always, each one, teach one, remain true to you. Beautiful. Deuces.